Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Hump Day, America and beyond. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for catching back up with me and my podcast and for subscribing to my newsletters at MonicaMatthews.com. You can subscribe to my podcast on just about every single download medium you can think of. And uh, and I do appreciate you. Uh, Exciting things coming up this year. 2022, I'm sure, will prove to be, you know, yet another year filled with exciting things. But before we move on to 2022, I know that part of the GOP establishment and others would prefer that you move on, right? That was actually a hashtag campaign with regard to the election of 2020. Uh, Hashtag move on. And I got to tell you, in the state of Georgia, which is where I reside, the establishment Republican started with that pretty immediately after November 3rd. Uh, I noticed that at a presser that was held at the GOP headquarters in uh, Georgia GOP headquarters in Fulton County. Uh, I was rather dismayed, to be honest with you. Uh, There were folks from around the state who were saying, hey, we got a runoff ahead of us. We got to focus on that. We cannot focus on the presidential. Other people will work that out. And, um, you know, let's hashtag move on. And I thought, ah, there it is. There it is. Right? Like everyone thinks it's just Democrats who are skanks whenever it comes to, uh, to our elections. No, not at all. And I say, I use that term affectionately, right? Because anyone who would interfere in any election is not only a criminal, but you're a criminal skank on top of that. Right, because you are now interfering. Uh, it's a a matter of national security, and b you are interfering with the freedom of others and the equal protection of others. So, in the great state of Georgia, as we know, this is a gubernatorial season, right? So that where everybody's out there promising you, you know, uh, boy, I had something really crass that just came to mind, but I'm I'm going to forego my dude locker room thought. And I'll just say that your politicians right now, I don't care if they're black, white, purple, green, Democrat, Republican, independent, everyone is begging to get into your panties like a 14-year-old boy who promises that you're just going to make out. I'll just leave it at that. Okay? You can do the math. And I'm not kidding. When I say this, uh, there was a space that was hosted last night. I co-hosted with, I've been telling you about these spaces uh, with this gentleman who goes by Crypto Lawyer on uh, Twitter. Right. We had over, I don't know, over 280 people in this space at one point. Somehow it morphed into a conversation about reparations. And let me tell you, you might be surprised how many of your Republican, black Republican candidates are on or going to be on your ballots that are totally in favor of reparations. See, I'm telling you, you need to scoot on over to my Twitter space, uh, to my Twitter handle, and pay attention to what's going on. And I'll be happy to bring these folks onto my show, and they can talk to you directly. I'm actually going to host a couple of live shows uh, in the within those spaces, and I'd be and I'll I'll give a shout out, a heads up, a couple of days ahead of time through my newsletter and social media. 
And to be honest with you, I'm only on two social media platforms that I utilize relatively regularly. Twitter is, you know, probably hourly, definitely daily. Uh, And I'm also on Getter. So, and if it wasn't for Jason Miller, I would not be on Getter and utilizing it. I can tell you that. So I appreciate the verification and I appreciate the shout outs from Jason and retweets and whatnot. Um, and yeah, so I'm on Getter trying to work that out too. Uh, I'm not on Parler. I am on Gab, but I don't use it. Um, you know, there are other platforms. I just, I don't have the time to sit and get creative with five different platforms. And I'll tell you this, there's so many different cultures to these platforms that if you try to cross pollinate and post a tweet to Getter, you will literally be lynched by the Getter community. I'm not even kidding because, and I've had that happen, just hate mail flooding my inbox because people are so fed up with Twitter. They don't want any part of Twitter on Getter. And I'm just talking about users, clearly not, you know, the executive uh, offices of um, of uh, Getter, no. Uh, but average users will blow you up on Getter for cross-pollinating. So that means yours truly has to get creative if I'm going to engage both audiences. So, and, you know, and I don't always feel like going over to the other platform and it just turns into a whooping. But anyway, um, you know, happy to be on both and it's cool and it's better to have than to need whenever it comes to being censored in this day and age um, on social media. So I'd rather have another place intact that I'm already utilizing and uh, fellowshipping with you guys online. I know Joe Joe Rogan moved over from Twitter to Getter. Uh, He's still on Twitter, but his Twitter account, I think, has 7.7 million followers. He's now on Getter, and he's over 8.8 million, you know. I mean, literally in a week, or probably in just a matter of days. So it's kind of amazing. Uh, So, you know, Big Tech, not a real big fan of people like Joe Rogan. Right, because I mean, he literally has a nation of people who follow him. That in and of itself is a threat to the powers that be. Trust that. So, Joe covers you know everything you can think of. But in case you are living under a rock, you know he's covered. Uh, his big taboo of the week was having uh, the creator of the mRNA uh, doctor on with him, who you know that he got shut out of. Uh, YouTube, you know, taken down off of Twitter, you know, his videos are banned, they're, they're redacted, if you will, you know, they're heavily edited, I mean, edited rather, and he said, you know, screw this, um, you know, he was invited to get her, and he just made a leap, and here we are. So, anyway, we discussed reparations, I don't even know how the heck we got there, that was not supposed to be the topic of conversation last evening, but it got there, and I, you know, I have to tell you, it was rather interesting, um, we had, um, uh, Christian Walker, who came on, who is the son of Herschel Walker, who is a Senate candidate, a U.S. Senate candidate here in my state of Georgia. Um, and boy, did he lay it down. Uh, he is not in favor of reparations, right? Uh, and you got to love how most people who are in favor of reparations who will shame you about whatever lack of history they perceive you to have uh, are usually the academics, usually black academics. And I heard a lot of that last night, which was really interesting to me because I thought, wow, how arrogant for you to think that your information is somehow, uh, you know, more effective or, or more plausible, uh, you know, within the landscape of a conversation around uh, reparations. So, so I'm telling you all that to say this, 
you need to follow your candidates into spaces and you need to ask them questions and get them on record. There were a couple who were trying to hide in the shadows last night. They wanted to send other people. They wanted to send surrogates up to talk. And we were not having that. So you deserve better than that. And anyone who would send a surrogate in their place to speak on their behalf when they're clearly sitting in a space and have an opportunity to speak on a microphone for themselves is not someone that you need to elect. That's just my humble opinion. So because if that's how they act on Twitter, can you imagine how they'll be when they go to Congress? Especially as a freshman or sophomore uh, congressman or, or senator. Everyone in the space last night was running for Congress, uh, primarily out of California. So I'll leave you with that. But it was, a, it was very interesting. And you got pretty heated at some moments, but, you know, crypto runs his spaces, you know, he runs a tight ship over there. And so we don't have a lot of people talking over each other, you know, nope, none of that. Everybody's mic gets muted. It's not going to turn into a shouting fest. If it does, everyone gets shut down and we hit the reset button and then we keep going, right? If anyone's going to shout, it's usually me shouting with crypto or him shouting with me because we disagree. (laughs) And uh, we are affectionately disagreeing. And I'm always right. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but our buddy Mark Naughton, if you're not following Mark, you should be independent journalist. Uh, and you know me, um, I'm big time in favor of indie journalists. So uh, let me get back to Georgia. So in the great state of Georgia, it appears that we now have uh, on the eve of January 6th, right? When you have this entire bogus witch hunt commission telling you, which is really nothing more than, uh, you know, I'm always hesitant to use like a neo-Nazi kind of hyperbolic rhetoric, but because I believe that's exactly how they're acting as Gestapo on behalf of the Democrat party. Um, I can't believe Liz Cheney still holds on to her GOP card. I'm not going to lie. Like, where the heck is leadership right now? Where are you, uh, Speaker McCarthy? I mean, Speaker. Uh, Myrony, my, Minority Leader McCarthy, where are you? Where, where's, where, where, where is, uh, where's McConnell? Right? I mean, where, where is, so we've got, we've got, uh, Liz and then, um, and who's the other Yahoo who, uh, purports to be a, yeah, that guy, the dude sleeping with the Chinese hooker spy, whatever. So, yeah, you know, what, what is going on? Right. Why is this woman still holding a Republican card? Why does she still have a seat in the Republican caucus? That makes literally zero sense at all. So anyway, uh, tomorrow is the anniversary of what the Democrats and Liz Cheney will tell you is the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of mankind, literally, and particularly on this soil. I mean, it is, they are out of control with their rhetoric around this. And they want to align anyone who is MAGA, America First, Go Trump, Red Hats, uh, Deplorables, any of that, right? And anyone who showed up on the lawn uh, to at the on the mall to in support of the president's speech, right? Going into that congressional session, right? They want to align anyone who uh, they refer to as the big liars, I call them election uh, election evidence deniers. That that's my hashtag evidence deniers. They call us uh, the big liars, right? It's the big lie, and so they want to create a nexus around in, in a an elaborate, really a syndicate, if you will, to ultimately criminalize anyone who's questioning twenty twenty. 
I've been balking about this for months because that is exactly what's going on. Every person who's being subpoenaed, it's all roads they're trying to attach to President Trump. Why didn't he act sooner? What? Who was he speaking to in the days leading up? What were they talking about? You know, they're convinced. And they, actually, they're not convinced. That, you know, that is even bull in and of itself. They're not convinced. You know, it's just like someone said the other night that, um, you know, what happened in Afghanistan was a complete uh, cluster blank. And um, as if... It was, it, it was, it happened based on incompetence, right? Like it was just a giant cluster. And, and I refuted that in our space because I said, no, a cluster in a, in a giant screw up, a muck up, if you will, um, is predicated upon incompetence, right? Like you could have done something different, but you didn't know, or you were just too incompetent to make it turn out another way. There was a lack of communication that just, again, leading back to incompetence, right? I don't believe, personally, I do not believe that's what occurred with Afghanistan. And you will not convince me otherwise. So I believe that we have uh, multiple things operating within the sphere of um, of our national security apparatus. And it's not always our military making decisions. Sorry, it's just not. And so that's the, re- that's the jagged little reality pill. So when I hear from military folks who told me, man, we were completely caught off guard and we didn't know. Now that I would actually believe. The men and women who are tasked with following orders all the way, I believe they had no idea what that what a debacle that was going to be. I, I really do. But if you're going to try to tell me that Joe Biden did not, that, that somehow he just screwed it up, right? No, I don't believe that. Not for a second. You can do you, but I don't believe that. So, so when it comes to... In, to saying that these people are incompetent whenever it comes to the J6 commission or, or that they're just too stupid to figure it out or they really do believe their rhetoric, they don't. They don't. That is absolutely not true. This is all the same witch hunt. Uh, this is like Russiagate 2.0. That's all this is. And it all goes back to getting rid of Trump permanently so that he cannot come back onto the landscape of politics. That's it. In a absolute nutshell. They hate the level of populism that he has instigated in this country, that he has stirred up. They hate the fact that you are motivated. They hate the fact that you are willing to show up and do things that you've never been willing to do in your your civic uh, history as an American citizen, whether that's working at the polls, whether that's going through a poll worker training, whether that is uh, becoming a precinct captain or manager, you know, all of these things that require uh, effort on behalf of, of voters and constituents. And by and large, you have, I can speak for Georgia, you have a few select people. It's like a, it's like a fraternity, right? You have a few select people who do the work election cycle after election cycle after election cycle. And so more of you are getting engaged. And you know who did that for you? President Donald J. Trump. And they hate him for it. And they hate you. 
And they hate all of us who would consider ourselves patriots in this country. Matter of fact, to even refer to yourself as a patriot could actually land you in the crosshairs of the DOD, DOJ, DHS. I mean, all those acronyms, right? And so the alphabet agencies, if you will, which we've historically, I don't know about you, but as for me, I've always held in high regard. I mean, I've, I've always had a respect for authority. I've never had a reason to really want to buck the system as, as long as the system leaves me alone. I'm a law-abiding person. I pay my taxes, you know, I, other than my lead foot, where I'm usually speeding wherever I go. Uh, for the, you know, by and large, I, I'm not someone who anyone would consider lawless. It's just, it's not really my bend. It's not, it doesn't get me off. It's not my thing. And so... I, I've never, and I was raised by a World War II veteran uh, who taught me to honor authority and to respect authority, right? Um, but also to submit myself to God first. And so by virtue of submitting myself to God first, that's why my Twitter handle says God first, America always. Uh, what that does is whenever I do see tyrannical rulers rising up out of the ranks, you know, uh, submitting to God first tells me, nope, I don't submit to tyranny. That is not godly. I'm not even remotely called to do that, and neither are you if you're a Christian. If your pastor tells you differently, you need to find a new church. So... Boy, I keep going all around. I know y'all are like, what in the heck is going on in Georgia already? Okay, so in Georgia, you ready? This is priceless. Uh, Georgia ballot trafficking whistleblower admits to making $45,000 for stuffing ballot boxes. So here we are during this gubernatorial, right? And Brian Kemp, oh, suddenly, suddenly, what is that? What's that in the sky? Is that, is that voter fraud I smell? Yes, now Brian Kemp, suddenly, because he has an election to win, now all of a sudden, he's remotely concerned about election integrity in the state of Georgia, right? And there are something to investigate. Wow, how about that? That's pretty darn miraculous. So, uh, I'm going to read from, actually, where am I reading from? Citizen Free Press, okay? Heather Mullins from Real America's Voice uh, reported on the John Fredericks radio show, who is here out of Georgia, uh, that there's video that captures 200 and 40 ballot traffickers in Georgia, okay? Now, uh, ballot harvesting is illegal in the state of Georgia, and that is something that old Raffensperger, our Secretary of State, if you can call him that, uh, he actually implemented, right, and ensured that that is not happening. Uh, no, no ballot traffic, right? It was, again, for all of you who think that you're so safe and warm and cozy and fuzzy because your legislatures have created, including Georgia, have created these really tough voter laws, right? Well, we didn't even adhere to the voter laws we had to begin with. Now, all of a sudden, someone's supposed to grow a conscience out of their butt, and all the, they're going to want to adhere to voter integrity, right? What a joke. So so Brad decides, eh, ballot harvesting, net illegal, not a good thing, right? And so here we are. We have ballot traffickers, 240 of them. Check this out. This is amazing. Each of the traffickers averaged 23 to 24 drops where they would empty backpacks into the ballot boxes. True the Vote was able to take cell phone ping data on a mass wide scale and piece together that several people, suspected ballot harvesters, were making multiple trips to multiple drop boxes, raising potential legal questions in a number of these states. 
242 in Georgia, and around 200 in Arizona. Okay, so here it is. You cannot ballot harvest in Georgia. All right, so there's a whistleblower that comes forward. And uh, I want to say, John Fredericks goes on to say, on the tapes, they identified 240 of the same people going around the state, this is in Georgia, stuffing ballot uh, drop boxes between 2 and 5 a.m., where they were emptying backpacks out and they were dropping 50 to 100 ballots into a drop box. This is totally illegal. So one of the whistleblowers comes through because allegedly his mom says, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You need to be honest, blah, blah, blah. So check this out. He was paid $10 per ballot. He made $45,000 between November 3rd, when we were told that this was the safest election in the history of mankind, especially in Georgia. Thank you, Brad. Lie number one. Okay, between November 3rd and the runoff. Two elections, he made $45,000. Now do the math. There were 240 people of the same ones over and over in the same car involved in it. So you start doing the math here, 45,000 times 240 people. You've got $11 million distributed illegally. Then you take 4,500 ballots by 240 people. You're talking about a million ballots. That is absolutely what most of us figured was happening. That's just one aspect of this. That's not even the the digital cyber aspect of this. But this is ballot harvesting, which is illegal in the state of Georgia. And I actually brought my own source, who just has blown up my phone since I got on radio, who has an open, ongoing case Uh, here in the state of Georgia, who contacted me immediately, signed affidavit, all of it, to say, I know how it's done. Because she was asked to uh, harvest ballots from by Fulton County. So, you know, I'm not some, like I've said from the beginning, I'm not a deplorable, I'm not a Trump cultist. I live in Fulton County. And we all know that Fulton County is trash whenever it comes to elections. It has been for years. The, uh, every single branch of our government, our executive government, our executive powers here know exactly how this works in Fulton County. So here you are. And so you had you, one, one, of the, one of the requirements, according to the Secretary of State's office, for having these, quote, drop boxes was that it was one ballot per person. You could have a surrogate drop off your ballot, but only your ballot, right, if you could not get to, you had to have, like, given that person authority to do so, right? But still, it's one ballot, not 50 to 100 right? That's ballot harvesting. That is something actually that is very legal in Virginia, right? Where people just drop off. It's like, it's like the Salvation Army of voting, right? Like people just drop off their coats at your local church and then they take them over to the homeless shelter. Well, instead of coats, people are just dropping off their ballots in droves. And who the hell knows if they're legitimate, if they're not. And now we know they're, you can't even cross-reference these signatures, most people, uh, well, I won't say most people, uh, but a lot of these folks don't even, they don't exist. You've got phantom voters that Bobby Python's been talking about in Arizona and Georgia. I mean, so so when your 
when you watch this theater unfold tomorrow, and we'll talk about the theater that unfolds tomorrow. I was hoping to be at Mar Largo tomorrow uh, for President President Trump's press conference, but uh, waiting on my press credentials, I you know realized that he's canceled it. So apparently, he's just going to announce whatever he's going to announce and discuss at his uh, rally in Arizona instead. Um, so I was looking forward to being there. I've never been. That'll be kind of cool. Start out my year at Mar Largo, right? Press conference, President Trump. And let's see what kind of, you know, <laughs> what information he was going to drop right out of the gate. But tomorrow is going to be the greatest theater, the greatest show on earth. Remember Barnum and Bailey Circus, right? I went to that every year growing up for my birthday. That was my mom's favorite thing to do to take me to and watch the elephants and all those, you know, poor animals. And um, thank you, Betty White, for freeing the, the animals. Did you guys read that, by the way? where she spent like thousands of dollars to free different animals and aquariums and zoos and whatever. Like that was her, that was her heart. God, I'm going to miss her. She was great. So yeah. So the theater tomorrow is going to be nothing short of a gone with the wind performance. Unlike anything you could possibly imagine. I, I can't even imagine what they have planned for tomorrow. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, right? But the world's worst offense in this country ever in the history of our country, according to the J6 commission and every Democrat on earth and some Republicans, uh, not a single person had a gun. That that's a little weird. I mean, that's weird to me. You're going to show up to, to proceed with a quote insurrection, right? But you're not going to bring weapons. And the only people armed were the Capitol Police and who they are now uncovering as um, various agencies who had their folks in the audience and who were actually stoking uh, people and inviting people, Capitol Police inviting people like they were literally strolling through the mall. Like it was another day touring a museum, right? You see some of those poor guys walk through the door, they're not bum-rushing anything. They don't have a weapon. They're not crazy. They're literally looking up as if they're in the rotunda, as if they've never seen it before. And it is a marvelous thing to behold. I'll be honest with you. You've never been. You should go, you know, probably after this administration, I guess. But um, you can pay me to step foot in D.C. at the moment. No, thanks. I have zero desire to be there. I know you guys think it's the people's house and all that. But in case you haven't noticed, uh, we have squatters. We have occupiers. Uh, in that house, not to mention DC is just like the most occultic place on earth. So I can pray from right here in the peach state and wherever else other than DC. Um, yeah. And God knows we need the Holy spirit and his armies of angels, God's armies of angels to show up in that city. And I mean, show up as only God's armies of angels can. And I'm talking spiritual for those of you clowns who like to listen to my show and piece, you know, piece things together and in subliminal messages that aren't there. I'm pretty straightforward. You know, if I had something to say, I'd say it. So you don't have to try to fit. I'm not speaking in code. <laughs> I'm not very good at that in case you haven't noticed. So all that to say, we are in a hellfire spiritual battle of epic proportion. And the goal is to reset the entire world. Now, I don't know if you caught what the heck's happening in Kazakhstan, but those folks have literally taken over their government buildings. They've, they are stalking uh, their military, the police, their police officers, uh, their elected people. I mean, th they are, 
those people, and I haven't seen a single weapon involved other than something that looked like a pole, right? But I'm watching these videos going, wow, okay, the tide is turning around the globe where people are like, okay, look here, jokers, we have marched long enough, and you're still encroaching upon our ability to earn a living, to feed our families, to seek health care, to make our own health care decisions, like enough, right? I can tell you now, someone asked me last night, or today rather, do you think that will happen here? And no, I don't. I don't. I, I do not see that happening. I'm going to tell you why. Because Americans, have, we have never, you know, 1776 was 1776. This is 2022. That's a long time, right? And other than the civil rights movement, I mean, talk to me, or Vietnam, which was, I mean, you know, same era, right? But other than that, who in our generation has had anything other than a warm and fuzzy existence to really be concerned about here? And so I know more people who have capitulated regarding, well, I want to travel. I want to be able to go out. I want to get back to my life. So I'm going to take this injection, even though I have no idea what the frick is in it. And every time we find out what's in it or how people are responding in the VAERS reports, I'm like, well, at least I can go to the movies. So that tells me right there, you are not going to have to worry about any kind of an insurrection. In this country. Now, I will tell you, you have three generals. Someone sent me another piece um, just the other day who are who are reporting through the DOD uh, that they believe (laughs) all of this is propaganda. And it makes me laugh because it's so ridiculous. It is so over the top. It is it is worse than any any gossip like a bunch of old people on a front porch right with with a spit can between them a jug very few teeth who've actually seen a lot right weathered skin cataracts these guys can't even create a story as good as this crap that we're seeing coming out of the DOD DHS you know you name it DOJ uh your congress your senate it's unbelievable um that somehow the biggest threat we have in 2024 is a pending insurrection. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm literally out here with my finger on the pulse of you guys, the voters, right? And and clearly I'm not a member of some fringe group and I'm not in those spaces or groups. So I have no idea what the hell they're talking about, nor do I care. But I can tell you that the masses... This grand conspiracy that that they want you to believe exists and to, that they're all preparing for, I'm just telling you from where I sit, it's not real. It's about as real as the tooth fairy bringing you $20 tonight under your pillow. So I'm laughing because I think it is such a crock of crap. It is all propaganda. It is all meant to keep the populist movement uh, under wraps it is meant to divide this country. It is meant to uh, cause Democrats to continue to hate on Trump supporters, to hate Trump himself, to hate Republicans, because they understand that they have absolutely crapped the bed when it comes to their party. Their infrastructure is gone. They do not have a message. They do not have a banner. They don't have anything that draws anyone with any semblance of sense. Nothing. And so anything they can drum up, they're going to do that. 
And that's the messaging you're going to see, the rhetoric and the the propaganda. Again, that term as well has been, I think, overused. But this right here, they're going to try to shove this under the rug. And I'll tell you now, there are some folks who need to go to jail for this. And they need to find out who's been paying whom. Where is that $11 million coming from? Was it Mark Zuckerberg's part of his $415 million? Was it coming from Stacey Abrams' um, uh, various organizations? Were there people within her organization who were paying people? Were there people from outside the country? Yeah, we don't know. Was it Republicans? Was there some kind of a super PAC paying paying folks to do this? I mean, listen, it's not just the Democrats. I keep saying that. I keep trying to remind you of that. It's not only Democrats who wanted to see him go. So there is a syndicate at work here, as best I can tell, because it's so big and so deep and so wide. It is a syndicate. It is a web. It is a web. And so when, you know, again, I caution you about sitting 2022 out. I don't think you should do that. I think you should definitely be involved. But at this point, folks, if your legislatures have not made the change, the switch from the digital space and, and have made absentee ballots and harvesting and all of that, uh, voter ID, uh, you know, front and center, then good luck with your midterms. Because no matter how hard you work, you are up against the same machine that we were up against in 2020. And now that doesn't mean I'm telling you to sit home and sit it out. No, you positively need to show up in droves and cast your vote and give them something to, you know, work against. So you at least are not rolling over and making it easy. So positively, you should get involved. <coughs> Excuse me. You should know exactly what to look for. <clears throat> Excuse me in the way of fraud. Clearly, I'm still dealing with this yuck this yuck monster that's not COVID, thank you. Um, and I will be going tomorrow to this lab that I'm very excited about, manufacturer here for COVID uh, tests out of Georgia. Uh, their FDA approval is pending. Um, very interesting that they've isolated the virus. It looks like a miniature pregnancy test. And, uh, you know, you take your little saliva, uh, your swab, mix it up, and uh, or in your nose, and... Um, in literally 20 shakes later in five drops in six minutes, you have an answer. Um, and from what I understand, you know, I'll learn more tomorrow. I'll talk about it tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast and give you their information. Uh, I can tell you the test is not exactly cheap, but it is, um, it, it is, uh, it, it is, it is credible there. There's a word. So Upon the eve of January 6th, yes, uh, interesting stuff coming out of Georgia. I see President Trump is on letterhead talking about it. Liz Harrington, his, uh, his comms lady, has, um, you know, she releases everything of his. Um, I see where his letters are out in front and center. You know, people should go to jail over this. Someone should be able to follow that money trail. Now, if you're going to try to tell me that the Georgia Bureau investigation of investigations did not have that video footage or the folks who brought the video footage uh, who actually got their hands on it through uh, FOIAs, um, and I can't imagine that they would not have dropped that off with the GBI. I, I just can't. I cannot imagine they would not have shared their findings with our state um, uh, investigative agency. That's really hard for me to believe. So if if they did share their findings, then what happened? It begs the question, what happened? What happened with our AG, who's running for office as well? 
right, to, to keep his seat. What happened with the Secretary of State's office? I mean, they have that entire office has held to this this mantra that it was this. They will laugh at you. They have scoffed at people. They have mocked anyone who they have tried to hold President Trump in criminal uh, contempt uh, in in against criminal charges for his uh, phone call because, like the rest of us, President Trump knew, hey, you have an eleven thousand vote margin, and. And we have all of these reports, affidavits coming through, and you're going to try to tell me that there's nothing there? You know, what, what do we, where, I can totally see, and I haven't even, I have not heard the tape. And if I have, it was last year and I don't remember it. I know it was illegally recorded by, again, someone in the Secretary of State's office. His deputy Secretary of State uh, is said to allegedly to have been on a flight to Florida um, so she was in Florida whenever she recorded the sitting president of the United States of America did not tell him, and that is illegal. But nothing has been done with her. So everyone's running around as if nothing happened. And they will tell you to your face that you are an absolute liar. You have the chairman of the Fulton County uh, a board of the commissioner of Fulton County telling other people to stay the hell out of Fulton County. The ex- quote, stay the hell out of Fulton County. That was his response whenever he learned that David Perdue, who's now a Senate candidate, uh, again for the state of Georgia, um, that he is filing suit in Fulton County. Stay the hell out of Fulton County. I mean, I'm telling you, it is the Wild West down here. We are a complete cesspool. And so the fact that this evidence is coming out now is, you know, and again, you have some people who will look at this and go, okay, and, but that's not evidence. They will legitimately look at a video recording of someone stuffing ballots and, and look at you like what it is. It is mind blowing. It is as mind blowing as people who are driving in their cars with masks on. It is just beyond me either how much, again, you want to know why I don't think this country ever has anything to worry about in the way of a civil war or or some type of an insurrection against their own government or leadership? Nope, 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 nope. Americans are way too lazy for that. They're too comfortable. It just won't happen. I'm telling you, I don't think, I, it just won't happen. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we should, but I'm saying if you're worried about one, you can stop because it's nothing but rhetoric. That's all it is. We're going to go to a civil war. They want us to be in a civil war. Well, sure, they want us to be uh, in a civil war, but I'm watching people coalesce. It's awesome. God is totally on the move. It's wonderful. I'm watching Republicans and Democrats legitimately uh, fist bump at their gas pumps because they're like, Joe Biden sucks. He is literally who knows where in somewhere in La La Land in his brain between feedings. I have no idea. And everyone knows it. Everyone sees it. You've got Rasmussen who's telling you that uh, 46% plus Democrats now, 40 plus, 46 plus percent of Democrats believe that 2020 was stolen. Their, their words, not mine. <laughs> so, you know, you'll have some people come on who will tell me, uh, well, I think there were irregularities and yeah, I think there was a lot of fraud, but no, I don't think it was stolen. I'm like, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Again, you know, people are there. We are very easily brainwashed in this country and people are afraid 
of their three-letter agencies. They are afraid. They, those campaigns have worked very well on the American psyche. They're afraid of getting canceled. They are afraid of getting cut from social media services. They are afraid, 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 afraid. And so, no, I do not think. So tomorrow, whenever you watch all of your theater, uh, you know, your woe is me, your feigning sofa with complete with feathers and who knows, they'll probably kneel in the rotunda again with, you know, all of their African garb. Who knows? But, uh, you know, just remember, just remember, it was not an insurrection, and because there was not a single weapon other than that poor girl, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot to death that no one has ever answered for it, nor, nor will anyone ever answer for that. Isn't that amazing? I mean, truly amazing. And the people who died, one woman was nearly stomped to death. You can see the video footage of that that Julie Kelly's been showing plenty of on Twitter because she's doing an amazing job covering the J6 trials, um, you know, or hearings rather. I mean, they're not even trials. Hell, no one's even, half those folks don't even have a charge. They're literally sitting in prison without a charge. Well, I call it a prison. I mean, they're POWs. And you know why? To keep you at bay. That's why. They're being held as prisoners of a political war in this country to show you what can happen to you if you step out of line. That's exactly right. And and it doesn't mean you have to show up. It means that you are a dissenter. You don't have to show up at the Capitol. You don't have to become violent. Your words are a matter of, I heard a lady say that last night. I, I literally almost threw up laughing because every time I laugh, I cough. And I almost threw up laughing because she said that words were, were violence. I thought, wow. I mean, I know depending upon the tone you know, uh, you use with, with, and how you deliver your words can in fact, you know, it, it, you can threaten violence with your words, but, uh, you can threaten to perform violence, but no, we're talking about words of dissent are considered violent by some people. That is how abjectly, completely devoid of the spirit of God, many people in this country are. I'm not kidding. Their feelings are hurt. They cannot hear truth. And if you disagree with them, if you shut them off, if you, you know, any form of dissent at all, uh, which is another reason why I appreciated the space last night, because it was like, hey, you know, we've got a Jewish guy, a blonde white chick, and a Hispanic dude who's running this space last night, we were like the United Nations. The only person we were missing was a black person. Um, you know, but here we are running this space last night talking about uh, reparations, which ultimately, by and large, I mean, it was very respectful. It, like I said, it got a little heated at some points. But, you know, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm glad we're here. And a lot of white folks stepped up to speak. And I'm really glad they did. Because you should. You have a seat at the table of the conversation of whether or not you agree or disagree. And the sooner you start taking your chair at the table back, the sooner you will be able to coalesce with others who don't agree with you, who don't think like you. 
because it has become so scary for some people and they really do. They have, they have maintained this bully pulpit and whatever space they're in, whether it's in your, uh, your boardrooms, it's your corporate job, it's in your churches, in your schools, it's in government, it's, uh, it, it's everywhere. Your neighborhood HOAs. I mean, you know, some of you are scared to death to, to, to share any form of dissent about anything because you've been trained to be afraid of other people. So I want to commend you all for coming out last night um, and having these hard conversations, you know, and again, some folks did get heated and so what, so what, you know, I mean, some, listen, sometimes you got to go through a little bit of a verbal, uh, you know, battle to get to the other side and to show people that it's worth, um, it's worth battling for people as opposed to against them, right? I talk about that a lot on this show, uh, that if we would start um, defending people instead of, uh, you know, uh, defiling people, uh, you know, or fighting for people as opposed to against people, and really that starts in the spirit, that then that's when you know you're in a spiritual battle, right? Because you're battling for people spiritually in your prayer time as God brings people to your mind, to your remembrance. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, that is a great place to start is in the spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move and to work. And ultimately what it does first is it changes your heart and your demeanor, your attitude about how you're going to engage, right? And it disarms you emotionally, um, and it opens you up to be able to express in a peaceable manner, or at least an articulate manner, you know, from where it is you're coming from. And that's important. That's important. And some people aren't used to that because they've owned not only every seat at the table, but the table, the chairs, the coffee maker, the water cooler, the light, you know, the palm tree in the corner, you know, whatever, the corner of the office. And and they want you to simply sit there, shut up and take it and, you know, sign up for your diversity, equity and inclusion classes and, you know, apologize and pay your little reparations and and just that's it. Just shut up. You have nothing to add to this conversation. And I 1,000% disagree with that. I always have, and I always will. Because slavery is a national sin. And so if you're going to assign national sin to every single subsequent generation, and and you're going to try to assign it without going through the cross, me as a Christian, I don't receive that. I'm not receiving the guilt. I'm not receiving the assignment of um, shame. I am not going to be on an apology tour for the color of my skin. I'm not going to fear you because of the color of yours. Uh, I'm not going to make excuses for, you know, why it happened. So many black people died and from the North and the South and nope, not going to do that. Um, And I'm also not going to deny that we do still have a way to go with relation to, um, (sighs) how do I put this? We have a partisan way to, we have a partisan problem. It's not a white black problem. It is that I firmly believe and didn't really get a chance to share this last night as much as I would have liked to because we allowed everyone else in the space to really speak, which is how it should be. 
Um, but I feel like I agreed with a lot of people who talked about systemic things, uh, in the sense of, you know, where does money go? Where is money allocated? And, you know, and why don't we have more for education? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's amazing. These folks have no idea. Do they, or do they have any idea how much money is thrown at education and not only education, but how much money is thrown in at urban education, right? In your, excuse me, in your urban hubs. The kids out in the in the the rural areas are the ones who get the short end of the stick whenever it comes to education. And so you have to ask yourself, who's running the show in your predominantly Democrat cities? In these urban hubs with all of this DOE money, who's running the show? And why aren't our young black children receiving a great education with we when we send we we feed the beast of academia more money than we could ever shake a stick at? I mean, seriously, it is disgusting how much money we throw at education. And for what? What do we get in return? What do we get in return for that? So, you know, you can look at any number of rates and see that that ROI is not what it should be. Now, is that a black-white thing? No, not in my humble opinion, because in the city of Atlanta, it is predominantly black school board members who, who manage that money. And many of our people in the past have ended up in prison over mismanagement of those funds and lying about test scores and taking money anyway from the feds and then just passing students who didn't know how the hell to read. Now, that is a travesty, and that is perpetuated by predominantly Democrats. But no one wants to have that conversation. So, yes, I believe that it is a human, and primarily in this country, a Democrat issue. Because without a particular demographic or demographics being the, quote, marginalized, there's really no reason for the Democrat Party to exist. I mean, think about it historically. They're certainly not the party of great ideas. And they're definitely not the party of freedom, not historically nor now. <laughs> so, you know, what do they offer the country? What do they offer people who deserve to be able to operate on an equal playing field as American citizens who are black, brown, Asian? What do they offer? What do they offer? So anyway, okay, well, I'm going to leave you guys on that note and I'll be back with you tomorrow. You know where to find me. I'm on Twitter, Monica on your talk. I am not, not, not Monica Crowley. She's beautiful, gorgeous, very smart. Uh, usually fills in for Sean Hannity. That is not me, but I do thank you for thinking that it's me, but it's not. <laughs> so I am Monica Matthews, not Monica Crowley. She's great. Uh, you can also follow me on Getter at Monica Matthews. You can sign up for my newsletters at MonicaMatthews.com. Again, Bible study information forthcoming. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Thank you.